0: Me. It's like all of my life, everyone has always told me, you're a shoe! You're a shoe, you're a shoe, you're a shoe! And then today I just stopped and I said, what if I don't want to be a shoe? What if I want to be a, a purse? You know, or, or, or a hat? No, I don't want you to buy me a hat. I'm saying that I am a hat. It's a ah. metaphor, Daddy!
1: You can see where he'd have trouble. <laughs> Hey guys, I'm Steven, and I'm here with Leah and Brayden. This is the Friends Like Us podcast, a podcast about friends, and today we are going to be discussing the one where Monica gets a roommate, which is Season 1, Episode 1, also known as the one where it all began, the pilot, and the first one. Before we get started, we're going to talk a little bit about how this podcast came about and why we're doing it in the first place. I think it'll be great if Brayden starts here.
0: Hey guys, I'm Brayden. So... Steven and I have been obsessed with this this show for years and I started watching the show back when it was actually on with my parents and kind of experienced it through that and then the reruns as well and then once Netflix came about I really got obsessed with it because I could binge watch it as much as I wanted
1: oh yeah I think everybody has that background at show right mm-hmm. so this seems to be like all
2: of our background shows Right. Well, we've seen the episode so many times at this point. It's just background noise. <laughs> like, And it's always great, though, because once you start watching the episode, you start laughing like you did when you were a kid. Exactly. But, yeah. I think my first memory of this, actually, my first and very earliest memory was watching this show like, and seeing that poster in Chandler and Joey's apartment. One of my earliest memories. Nice.
0: A lot of nostalgia with this show, for sure. And it just holds up. I mean, after being off the air for 15 years, I can still pull out quotes and and laugh about things that that are still relevant today. So it's a great background show. At this point, we're just picking apart the details, I feel like, trying to get ready for Friends trivia.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, we we spend so much... Well, maybe we shouldn't admit this in case someone from work listens, but we spend too much time (laughs) at work talking about how much we love the show and uh, all of our favorite moments, and we kind of decided after... A little while that why don't we just go ahead and do a podcast because that's what the world needs is one more podcast so one more
0: friends podcast
1: this is this is this is where we're going so before we jump into it i think we're going to talk about some recent trivia results right yeah so
0: we had two trivias at two separate places uh, for those of you who don't know we're in huntsville alabama and a lot of the local uh, restaurants and, and breweries do trivia nights and we always sniff out a friend's trivia when they come around, and there was actually two this week. And unfortunately, we did not get first place. I don't know how. Um, both. We got second place in both of them.
2: I think the first one was more understandable than the second Definitely. one.
1: Definitely. <laughs> so, in our defense, we were holding on to first place throughout the entire second trivia. Um, unfortunately, we did not know that the disease that hospitalized Matthew Perry, which was pancreatitis
0: between season six and seven
1: right
2: so not even during the show let's let's reiterate that right had nothing to do with the show
0: that was frustrating we took an L there but um at least we came in second but yeah moving on we're putting it behind us (laughs) so without further ado I guess let's get started here with um season one episode one the one where Monica gets a roommate um I'll read the IMDB description for you guys here it says Monica and the gang introduce Rachel to the real world after she leaves her fiancé at the altar. And, and that's pretty much it. Straight and to the point. With the IMDb description, gotta love it. I mean, it's, it's really early on, so there's not a lot of backstory to, to give yet. We open up the show uh, with Monica and only four of the gang. We open up the show here uh, with Monica saying, there's nothing to tell, he's just some guy I work with. And kind of insinuating that her dating life is in shambles
1: yes uh so i like this this is near the beginning of the show so there are some things we're going to see with these characters that won't be kept it seems like through the rest of the series but you do see some moments where you see some part of the characters that will continue throughout the series monica's Terrible luck with men is something that we're going to continue to see later on in the series, and that sticks around, whereas maybe some other things don't.
0: Right. It seems like the producers are really trying to hammer that home
1: early Mm -hmm. that she is tragically bad luck and in love. Joey's response, you're you're dating him. There's got to be something wrong with him, right? right? Everybody knows. (laughs) Monica can't pick out a good guy. And I want to also go and talk about Joey's outfit, there is, a, there is a distinct time, I think, when Joey stops dressing like this, but in the early seasons, there was a lot more leather, a lot darker colors, so, I mean, in this episode alone, he's got leather vest, leather jacket, black turtleneck shirt. He definitely screams the starving actor kind of look that he's doing there, and as we go through these and watch these, I'm going to try and track when that suddenly changes.
2: And on top of that, like, with the leather and everything, it's almost like he's trying to be portrayed as, like, this ladies' man, bad boy type, even though, like, later in the seasons, he really does shed that, Mm -hmm. well, most of that, the Mm -hmm. bad boy type there.
0: He becomes Um, a lot more likable, for sure. Yes. Mm
2: -hmm. And his hair is just drastically terrible. (laughs) It
0: is hard to watch Joey. I, I found it in this first episode, it was so hard to watch him. The cutoff vest, horrific. His acting, it, I mean, I really noticed, like, if you have to take one of the friends, his acting was the most improved, I think, over the season. And on top of that, so
2: when Sorry. he was actually hired on to this show, he had, like, a couple dollars to his name. Mm-hmm. He was actually the starving actor that he was portraying. So I feel like this show really let him, like, create, well, not really create, but, like, really grow in the acting error. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's why he was so bad in the beginning.
0: Yeah. Yeah that makes sense yeah, there's a good um there's a good fact i think he was they ask all the the stars what they bought mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. their first paycheck and i think his was a hot meal yep like that's how bad it was mm-hmm. but yeah joey's acting Oof. it's rough <laughs> in this first episode
1: long lo- i know their hairstyles change a lot not a fan of long hair joey short hair. short hair joey is where it's at
2: 100 percent. oh yes definitely
0: so, moving on in the, in the first opening scene, you, you get a, a nice dream interpretation by Chandler. Talking about the, uh, the
1: penis, the phone for a penis dream. The phone penis. <laughs> I wonder if any real psychologist has dug into this dream Ooh. to explain what it is. Yeah. But if you, for whatever reason, haven't seen this show but are listening to a friend's podcast, Chandler says... <laughs> He's naked in high school, which is a normal nightmare for mm-hmm. i think a young man. But then he looks down and his penis is a phone and it begins to ring. And who's on the penis phone? His own mother, which I do think does allude to some of his issues he has with his parents down the road. So I think the writer's intended for there to be a complicated relationship between definitely, him and his mom,
0: definitely setting up some disturbing mother issues down the line. Oh yeah
1: i thought that was interesting and then kind of abruptly we we cut to ross coming into the uh coming into the coffee shop and it's all of a sudden raining and he's very upset but ross is super depressed hi yeah which comes up many times it's
2: also great
0: one of the first of many highs (laughs) yeah so ross is looking pretty depressed and Monica goes on to say that Carol moved out today, which is his soon-to-be ex-wife. Mm-hmm. And she left him for another woman, not another man. She's a lesbian. And they go on to talk about it and kind of tease Ross. And he has a great line of saying, well, she didn't know. How should I
1: know? Exactly. With Joey, I like Joey's suggestion uh, to go to a strip, strip joint because later on in the series, he that comes up again when Chandler... Uh, Breaks up with Kathy, right? It's step two or three of the grieving. I'm never going to miss step two. What's step two? Strip joint. You go see girls dance naked. So one of those things, while thank God we lose the long hair and all the leather crap, we still get that part of Joey later on in the series, which is nice.
0: Yeah, I love the part where Chandler's kind of casually reading his magazine. He's like, sometimes I wish I was a lesbian.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Did I say that out loud? Chandler has some good one-liners in this This first first episode. This is a good episode for Chandler lines, I think. Um, Probably not so great for lines for Ross. Speaking of Ross lines, he says he doesn't want to be single. He just wants to be married again, and that's where we get Rachel, and we finally assemble all the friends.
2: Rachel in a wedding dress. (laughs) Let's be specific there. (laughs)
1: So Rachel comes in and she says that she went to the building first, looking for Monica. So Rachel, you know, at some point knew where Monica's new place was and then a the guy with a big hammer told her that uh, Monica would be at the coffee house. I can only imagine that the guy with the big hammer hopefully was Mr. Trigger. It's gotta be Trigger. It's gotta be Trigger. And these people go to the coffee house way too much if the super in- super of the building
2: knows exactly
1: where everybody is.
2: Well, the coffee house is also, like, right downstairs, isn't it, technically?
1: That's true, too. Right, less than 100 steps. According to
0: Joey. Joey will point out <laughs> later on. Yeah, So, so Rachel walks in in a wedding dress. If you... The funny thing is, I may have watched this episode too many times trying to get prepared for this, but if you look outside while Ross is coming in, when Monica goes to get him a cup of coffee, you can see the end of Rachel's dress walk by the screen outside, so... <laughs> Really? I don't know if if they're trying to put that in to insinuate that she's going upstairs to look for Monica, or if she was just trying to get into position,
1: but I thought that was pretty interesting. You can see Rachel.
2: I would say you should insinuate that that. that she's going upstairs to find them.
1: That's pretty good. She was supposed to be in the background. Mm -hmm. See if anyone could catch her. I I caught her. I like thinking that. I like thinking that.
0: Yeah, so she starts getting her introductions to the rest of the game.
1: Which?
2: which we find is weird. I it find is this weird. is
1: weird, mainly because she introduces Rachel to Chandler, who we later find out. Chandler has met Rachel long before this,
0: multiple but, times.
1: But maybe they hadn't written in they, they hadn't thought of Chandler and Ross's relationship yet, so they didn't know that they were going to be college roommates. But we do find out later on that Chandler has met Rachel. So this is one of those weird continuity issues right. where she's like, oh yeah, this is Chandler. Joey, Phoebe, that makes sense. And you remember my brother Ross, obviously. Mm-hmm. So,
2: But that happens. You know, you're just starting out a show and you're trying to, as the show progresses, you're nailing down the character's background and everything and, you know, you get some continuity errors from what actually happened in the beginning because you can't take back what you already did.
0: Definitely. Yeah, Ross shows his awkwardness around women. Immediately when he opens the umbrella on Rachel, you know he just kind of sets down in defeat. <laughs>
1: yep. Well, he's he's really been with one woman, and that was early on, Literally. as Joey alludes to, and he's been with her so long, so we, he probably didn't have much practice to begin with, and now he's been out of the game for however many years he was with
2: Carol. So not to mention he had a giant crush on Rachel.
1: Mm-hmm. So right.
2: So that probably made it more awkward.
0: So, Rachel sets down and, and starts to discuss, you know, why she's there, basically, and she's talking to Monica, you know, like, I know we fell out of touch, uh, I was hoping you would be here, you know, I needed to, to find someone in the city, mm-hmm. and then um, Monica goes on to say uh, someone in the city that wasn't invited to the wedding, so mm-hmm. they obviously weren't close enough still, but, you know, she's kind of in panic mode here. Do you think it was just they're not, they weren't close enough to get an invite? Yeah, I think they just drifted apart after mm-hmm. high school. I mean, that happens yeah. in a lot of relationships. You kind of just lose touch, and it's not that you have anything against that person. But I know if I was having a wedding and I haven't talked to someone in, mm-hmm. what do you think, five years at this point at least? They're probably 25, so seven years. Right. Probably wouldn't get an invite.
1: And I guess Monica's kind of the only friend she she might have that's separated from that circle of people right. surrounding Barry and, and Mindy and all those all of her bridesmaids, the the rich folks.
0: Definitely, definitely, yeah. You, I mean, you know, how it is with a couple dynamic. You you kind of have those same friends, and they both know each other. So yeah, that's probably the only friend she has that is is outside of that group, of the woo girls, <laughs> which. <laughs> <laughs> so she she starts to talk about why she left Barry. You know, is is basically comparing him. To Mr. Potato Head and talking about how she was more turned on by the gravy boat at the wedding than she was by him. so
2: Which is pretty bad. I mean, that's that's a dish.
0: So that that's kind of, there's one other thing I wanted to point out in this scene, and that's Ross's attentiveness to Rachel when she's talking about Barry. I mean, he is right next to her, pouring the Splenda in her tea. Sweet and low. S- sweet and low, which to she has a major, coffee. to decaf coffee, which she has a major addiction to sweet and low, it seems like. Uh, down the line. But he's pouring the Splenda in her tea, stirring the tea. I mean, he is there for her every need. So they are really setting it up that he cares for her greatly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and that kind of ends the scene in in Central Park. So we really move on to, to Monica's apartment. It's the first time we see the apartment.
1: The apartment. We get to see something that really doesn't happen terribly often uh but it seems like when they do are watching something on t tv sometimes it ends up in spanish so they're watching a spanish soap opera remember later on in the series marcel turns the tv into spanish and they end up watching urkel in spanish so that's weird but i wonder if they thought that they would have more scenes where they would be reacting to things on tv like low budget foreign tv shows because this doesn't come up very often anymore other than like football games and maybe some other things.
2: Yeah, they don't really watch a lot of TV in the later seasons. No,
0: it, it seems like a lot of the early season, mainly season one, yeah. is when yeah. you get this. Later. Other on. than Joey's work. That oh, seems yeah. to be the only time they all get around to, to watch things and talk about them. So they're watching what, what seems to be a Spanish soap opera yes. <laughs> while Rachel is in the background talking on the phone to her father about mm-hmm. why she left Barry at the altar. And they're chanting. They all are talking to the TV. Push her down the stairs. Push her down the stairs. It's it's pretty funny. I, I still laugh at that moment when I when I watch it.
1: I just laugh at the moment where she does push her down the stairs <laughs> and everyone
0: celebrates. Everyone cheers. Yeah, yeah. Rachel in the background is is talking to her dad using the famous shoe metaphor about being a shoe. She wants to be a hat or a purse.
2: Shoe. You're a shoe, you're a shoe, you're a shoe. I still like that metaphor. Like, I know they make fun of it, but it does make a lot of sense. And yeah. what she was trying to convey to her dad, who did not get it at all. You want a purse? I'll buy you a purse.
0: Right. He says, or she says that I don't love him and insinuates that he on the other end says, why does that matter? Because she says, it matters to me. So they just are really trying to set him up almost, or set her up rather, an arranged wedding mm-hmm. because he's rich and um, an influential person.
1: Rachel gets off of the phone with her dad.
2: After saying she'll stay there with Monica. After
1: she's, she's now said she's going to stay with Monica. And she doesn't she doesn't need daddy's money. Which she regrets almost immediately after she says.
2: And it seems like her dad hangs up on the phone.
1: <laughs> yes. We got Rachel breathing into a bag. She's hyperventilating. She is freaking out. Because we have this moment where the um, quote-unquote, I don't know, valley girl's the right, rich girl... She's left everything that she knows. I don't know if she brought a bag with her when she went looking for Monica, but I'd imagine she's sitting there in her wedding dress and she literally has nothing. I'm pretty sure whatever clothes she's wearing in the following scenes are probably clothes that she borrowed from Monica. So I can't even imagine what's going through her head. She's probably fighting the urge to go sprinting back and the only thing keeping her from doing that is how embarrassing it will be to go back to Barry at this point
0: definitely not only has she left barry at this point but she's she's essentially left her friends and family so she's hyperventilating into the bag and uh, phoebe's trying to cheer her up singing my thing. favorite things boy it's it's cringeworthy uh, her singing this and rachel gets so pestered with it she's like i'm good thank you you know i'm fine now
2: she's forgetting half of the things <laughs> right. something with string
0: I guess they're trying to set up Phoebe as a singer at this point, because mm-hmm. later on in the episode, she's also singing every word that Monica is saying.
2: <laughs> Which is funny because Lisa Kudrow hates singing. Interesting. Yep, she had, she had to, to get do a past do a lot of that. It. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she was the perfect role for that because she hates singing, and they needed someone to sing poorly. So she's like, "I can do that. <laughs> I can sing poorly." <laughs> so we got Joey hitting on Rachel, then shortly after, saying, "Don't worry, me and Chandler are." Across the hall if you ever need anything. He's got a lot, which is pretty creepy. And Monica yells at him for, for hitting on her.
2: It is her wedding day. It is her wedding <laughs>
0: day. Like, there's a rule about that or something?
2: It's an unspoken rule. <laughs> you gotta give her a few days, at least.
0: So then we get a buzz from Paul the Wine Guy.
2: Your date is with Paul the Wine Guy? <laughs>
1: Sounds like Monica's been talking Paul up to her friends well before this, which is, um, I guess, it's, I guess it's normal talking about a guy you have a crush on at work. Yeah, so I can't,
0: I can't really establish what Paul's relationship is here. If he's some kind of wine connoisseur that buys wine for the restaurant, how I I'd imagine have, he's a vendor.
2: Yeah,
0: vendor. That would make sense.
2: I, I thought he was a vendor for wine. So,
1: so Paul, the wine guy. This is going to, spoilers, be his only appearance in the show. I wanted to look up Paul the Wine Guy, or as his real name is, John Allen Nelson, mm. and kind of figure out what, where else he ended up. Notably, he ended up in a couple shows. Uh, apparently, he was in 24 for like two years. Crisis, Crazy show. Ex-Girlfriend. He was in Baywatch for like six years. Wow. So I never watched, and this Sick is a, symbol. this is the original Baywatch. So I never watched it. So I would imagine he was a pretty major character if he was in there for six years, and he was in like every CSI and NCIS. So let's talk about the Baywatch here. I mean, that kind of overlaps with the show, doesn't
0: it? I mean, Chandler a little bit. That's with Baywatch. <laughs> but is we there find any that moment much later on? Yeah, in the series, much later on. But is there any moment you think Chandler and Joey are watching Baywatch
1: that? We see Paul the wine guy running down the beach. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've, You know, I have many problems with characters from other shows that the characters in Friends acknowledge. We'll talk about Bruce Willis later on. Definitely. But those always bend my brain <laughs> when those exist in the Friends universe and then the actors show up in the Friends universe. It always makes me go,
2: what? I think you're taking it too seriously.
1: <laughs> I am taking it too seriously, and other people should take it more seriously, too. So, Monica...
0: Monica goes on her date. Um, I think it's just, it's Ross, Rachel, Chandler, and Joey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ross starts to talk about oh, I think putting his...
2: Phoebe's there, too. Is Phoebe so, there, too? Yeah, she's still there. Oh,
0: it, she definitely yep. is there. She because has Ross. a
2: great line in this.
0: <laughs> right. Ross, um, Ross talks about his new furniture, because Carol has taken everything, mm-hmm. it seems like, and he is offering for Rachel to come help Chandler and Joey. Put the furniture together because she's pretty down. She's
2: out. not going to Aruba no more.
0: Yeah, Aruba is out. Talk about the big lizards in Aruba <laughs> is uh, how Ross tries to make her feel better, which definitely does.
1: Another weird Ross line. Yeah. Not the worst one. The worst one's coming up here in a little bit. Yeah. A swing
0: in the miss, <laughs> nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Ross asked Phoebe to help, and he has a great line that Leah mentioned, which is, I wish I could, but I don't want to. <laughs> which we all kind of want to say that to people. But I just she, love that. I,
2: how brutally honest she is! It's great. I wish
0: I
1: would could, but I don't want to.
0: <laughs> Me either, Phoebe. Putting together furniture sucks. <laughs> now Moving on, we get our first glimpse of Ross's apartment. Mm-hmm. After that, they are putting together the furniture. Phoebe is not there, and neither is Rachel. She is sulking
1: in her apartment. Mm-hmm. Rewatching this episode, I never caught before. I don't know if you would have caught this. So Ross is down there. He's in this weird He's squatting in position. He says, it says, I need one of these bracket thingies and one of these worm thingies. I have no bracket thingy and I see no worm thingies. It pans over shortly to Chandler and Joey, who are clearly holding what looks to be some type of bracket part. And they have no idea where it goes, so they just lost it. My theory is, those parts got mixed up. Chandler and Joey have Ross's bracket thingy. And whatever Ross was building, which I can't tell what the heck Ross is building over there. It doesn't go with his bookshelf at all.
0: Yeah, that's an excellent observation. I did not put
1: two and two together, but... Yeah. I still don't know where the wormy things are, but I do know where that bracket is. Joey and Chandler totally screwed Ross on that one.
0: So I <laughs> kept it's done. We've all kind of thrown some screws away in an Ikea furniture set and done similar things like that, trying to put together stuff. But that's a... I've, I've noticed with this episode, there's so many quick scenes... Mm -hmm. That's it. Like, that one moment, then boom, we're back to Monica on her date. So we we flip back over to Monica on her date with Paul, the wine guy, and he's discussing how his wife cheated on him.
2: Which is not first date topic. Definitely not. That should have been a red flag. If you're going to sit there, I know if you've been divorced, I get it, but you do not sit there and talk to a girl on your first date about a divorce. That's weird.
0: It's kind of an unspoken rule. No exes at all on the first date.
1: I'm glad you all... Agree, because I, to me, I thought this is a little weird. They're talking about ex-wives on the first date, but maybe I don't know. But I I figure there's some unspoken rule, right? That's kind of taboo to do that early on, so.
2: Or at any point, really, unless there's a child involved that you have to get involved with the ex-wife. I mean, that's like talking about an ex-girlfriend. You just don't do that.
0: Right. uh, We're going to find out that that Paul is setting up a a bigger play here. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Paul's a moron, though. Four to five times a week for the dentist. So I don't know if that was the real excuse that Paul's wife was feeding him, but I don't know how long that had to go on for him to realize that that was terrible. So I don't know what Monica sees in this guy because he's obviously an idiot.
0: He's obviously a womanizer, and who knows if that story is real or not, but
1: Monica eats it up.
2: That's a good point. What if it's not real? What if it's all for a pickup line?
1: Well, I agree it could be fake because at this point, dating with Monica, he says it's been two years. When we find out that he also slept with the other chef that Monica works with, the story was also two years again. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's not a... I don't know how long in between Monica and the other chef there was, but he uses two years every time. You would think if it was a real story, he would increase the time... Every time he told the story. But since it sounds like a canned line, as Joey says, I can't believe he didn't know it was a line. Sounds like a canned line. He may not have been married at all.
0: Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, this line seems to work for Paul. So he feeds her that and talks about how to get over her. He had to break something of hers, which was a watch. We, we panned back to Monica's apartment again briefly and Rachel is is leaving a voicemail on Barry's machine.
1: This is great because this is only something that can happen during that time. I think if this was a if this was happening in current days, the equivalent would be those epic long text messages that happen during these stressful times in a relationship where someone's literally writing a novel. I don't know if you've ever looked over someone's shoulder and accidentally seen someone's phone, and there's any time you see a bubble that exceeds a certain amount of lines, like, oh, God, something is going down for this person. (laughs) Yeah, I could only imagine Rachel just hitting that character limit over and over again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she says, sorry, machine cut me off again, calls him back, leaves him another voicemail, but she's just trying to vent at this point and and really get all of the feelings she's had bottled up out, it seems like.
2: Which is very interesting that she mentions about him sleeping with her with his socks on.
1: (laughs) It's not about that, though.
2: It seems weird, though. (laughs) But it's
1: all, yeah. I'm going to sound like a big millennial here talking about that, but I'm curious as to what the limitations were to voicemail back in the day. Where those were stored? Were they stored locally on the voicemail machine? What was the limit, and why was there a time limit on each individual voicemail? I, I think it was
0: on like a small tape. Like I think newer answer machines had big tapes, like the ones that you would put in a car, or like a stereo system. But I remember us having having a small answer machine that had like these little bitty baby tapes, and they didn't hold much. So, so now it was a local storage system.
1: Rachel has now left him at the altar, and completely filled up his answering machine, where he can't get new messages, I'm assuming. <laughs> Real.
2: I'm surprised she could keep leaving messages for him, then. It right. sounds like she probably filled it up before we even got to the scene.
0: So we whip back to Ross's apartment again, and Ross is sulking as well in his loss from Carol.
1: I will say, while Ross has some bad lines, I do like this line, whereas, what if there's only one woman for everybody, unfortunately... In her case, there's only one woman for her. Right. So it's a great for that one husband. was pretty good.
2: It is, but when you think about it, like, I mean, that would mean that the one woman for him is still out there.
1: They
0: really set it up, and, you know, at the end of this scene, I think yeah. Ross is looking out the window, and Rachel is doing the same over in her apartment.
2: Well, let's not forget Joey's ice cream metaphor here, <laughs> because would, that's weird. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's really weird. There's,
2: like, two weird things in that.
1: That leads to... One of the worst lines that Ross has in the episode. But leading up to that, Joey's saying, you got all these... Women are ice cream. And you got all these choices. You got all these different flavors. You can have it with jimmies or nuts, which probably not good for the metaphor there. (laughs) But... Well, he's you got can all have these.
2: Transgenders, you know, that's a possibility. Right. Mixed all right. Together. Which,
1: interestingly enough, Chandler makes no comment about. So I don't think they had written how Chandler's dad was going to be at this point, because you would have know Chandler would have had something to say about. Right. He some does have. Plus a the ice line. cream they
2: named right after this. Bing. Bing.
1: That was <laughs> that was interesting, wasn't it?
0: Right. But, but he's not saying it like Chandler's last name. He's no, he just like, says Bing. Bing.
2: But yeah. in this metaphor, it should have been like, uh, let's not use my last name.
0: <laughs> right. Maybe did we know Chandler's
1: last name at this point? I don't know if we did, oh, but true. surely the writers knew. They would have thought about this. Well, enough
0: you hands. would think so, but this I... is the pilot episode. They could have been like, "Yeah, this show's
1: probably not going to work." So, it's a good point. But the the line that always is not my favorite line is, "I don't know if I'm horny or hungry," which is just it's not delivered great and it just feels awkward. Even Chandler's line after is not so bad, but still not great, where he's like, stay out of my freezer. Right. Which, what are you going to do? Pull out ice cream and start doing weird crap to his ice cream?
2: We've seen other shows do worse. So So, it's possible.
1: I'm
0: not a fan of that line. That's such a weird joke to me.
1: It is.
2: It's like you're trying to make a sex joke that went very, very wrong.
0: Right. And then we whip back to
1: the restaurant again, right?
0: Yeah, well, we went back for the, to the restaurant for just a split second. Oh, was the
2: restaurant before that? And, I... and
0: Paul is, is coming clean to Monica, saying that he hasn't been able to perform in two years after his wife left him. And Monica spits tea on him. That's all we get. It's just like yep. back and forth this episode jumps all over the place. We see Rachel for a bit okay. in Monica's apartment. Then we go back to Ross's apartment.
1: That was a really – this is what you're talking about. That particular one was really bad because we go from there – to that incredibly short scene at the restaurant. To this incredibly short scene back at Monica's place. And now we're back. Um,
2: They're trying to include it all in a 20 minute episode.
1: Yeah, they are really just jumping all over the place here. Which, a lot
0: of these scenes, I think they get better about it later on. But a lot of these scenes, I think, could have taken more time
1: and, and just stepped through it. Instead of jumping back and forth. But So we get to a scene that has haunted me for so long. Which is when Ross says... You know how long it's been since I grabbed a spoon? Mm-hmm. Do the words, Billy, don't be a hero, mean anything to you?
2: Which was released in 1974, so that's so, like, how many years
1: ago? So, okay, you're you're point? thinking it's about the song.
2: Is it not about the song? So,
1: that, I, I wanted to get everybody's take on what, what do you think this is referencing?
0: I thought it was referencing the song.
1: Which hmm. was weird to me, because exactly as you just said... When the song came out, Ross would have been very young, like between five and eight years old.
2: Would you got to admit, though, Joey did make a comment earlier that he got married, what, when he was like eight?
1: True. But doing some research, I found somebody else who had a theory that did sound really good.
0: So the the song that he's talking about is the song Billy Don't Be a Hero by Bo Donaldson in the Haywoods. Wait, I right. thought
2: it was by Paper Lace first.
0: Okay, that was that was the first one, but that was in the UK. So that's, Which I looked this up earlier too. I should not know this.
1: <laughs> that's what we think it's alluding to. There's somebody else who has a theory that I, I kind of like. And this may, he says, this may be a little far-fetched, but I think it may be a reference to an old TV show around this time frame called Misfits of Science. In the second episode, your place or Mayan, in the end, one of the characters in the show is trying to save one of the others. The one who is being saved yells out, Billy, don't be a hero, as he swings on a rope and tries to save here. Why, you ask, do so I believe this to be what Ross is referring to? Ross is a science geek, so this TV show seems to be up his alley. So, oh, wow. when I'm wondering if maybe this was the reference that it may have been talking about. But when about.
2: did the TV show take place?
1: It alludes to... Around the same time as 1984-85, which is when they, they think about... would have been in high about, school, right? No, yeah, Ross and Carol problem. would have... I mean,
2: I guess they would have been in high school. ...asked
1: out. So, more to no, me, it's a more realistic he met, timeline. he met
2: Carol in college.
1: Right. Well, so, that's why... We're not necessarily talking about Carol. We're talking about grabbing a spoon, right? The, when, he, when he talks to a girl. So, he very well could have grabbed a spoon back in high school, attempted to ask out a girl back in high school, which is why I think he's... He's talking about this. so yeah, Every
0: time I watch this episode, I've kind of just glassed over that line. I'm like, it's he's talking about something, a TV show or a song that I don't get the reference to, and I kind of just let it go.
1: Okay. I, I couldn't let it go this time. I had to do some research. I like this theory. I, I will, think the song is weird to me.
2: I like the theory, but at the same time, I feel like if it was talking about that, Joey and Chandler would have been like, what are you talking about? Because there's no way neither, either one of those have ever watched that.
1: We don't get enough time, right? It's no. very... They cut away very quickly. We don't get to see a yeah, response Yeah, but we do
2: go that. back to that scene again.
0: Yeah, and the song, just for just a for point of closing this argument, the song, I think, is talking about a guy that wants to go off to war. And he goes off to war, and his girlfriend at the time is saying, you know, Billy, don't be a hero, don't go off there. Well, Billy goes off to war anyways and gets killed. Your um, description kind of sounds more like what the point Ross is trying to make is, but both of them fit,
1: so we may never know. (laughs) Now, I want to admit something else. Without doing any research for the longest time when I first saw this, I just assumed it had something to do with Power Rangers because there was a character named Billy in there. The Blue oh Ranger. My God. The Blue, Blue Ranger. Ranger. And I always thought there must have been a line in the Power Rangers where they said, Billy, don't be a hero. And I just. And later on, they talk about the Power Rangers later in the series one I more do. time. So I always kind of just took it for granted and said, ah, they probably talk about the Power Rangers. So going into the research, I know I'm for sure wrong about the Power Rangers thing, but I don't know if we'll ever know for sure what the heck that I don't that know. I think you've opened up a third
0: theory here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would imagine it was a Power was Rangers too, reference. It's,
2: no, I don't know if it was a Power Rangers reference. It so, could be, but so. I think these two are more likely. And if, you'll never know.
1: If anybody listening has the de facto answer for what this line is referencing, please, uh, please let us let know. Let us, yeah, know. Yeah, let us know on Twitter
0: or Facebook, whatever. Yeah, so moving on from Billy Don't Be a Hero, um, Ross continues to talk about the grabbing a spoon metaphor and wonders how he's even going to get up the guts to asking a woman out. And he kind of looks out the window and and it pans over to Rachel and she's sitting by the window kind of solemnly as well. Next morning, uh, we're shown Monica's apartment again and Rachel is up and at him. Looks like she is seizing the day and ready to kind of start anew. She's making coffee for everyone.
2: Terrible coffee. Terrible coffee. As we find out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, um, Chandler and Joey drinking the coffee. Joey kind of being Joey, ask if she'll make him an omelet, but then taste how terrible the coffee is and and spits it out immediately. He's like, you know what? I'm not that hungry. (laughs) So we find out then that Paul, the wine guy, stayed the night with Monica.
2: Big surprise.
0: (laughs) Big surprise. So Paul comes and walks out and, you know, they allude to the fact that they slept together the night before. And Joey's got the great line of, Monica was saying earlier that it wasn't a real date, and he's like, Well, what the hell do you do on a real date?
1: <laughs> again, Joey's wearing his, at this point, some weird leather vest thing that I don't think we ever see again. Thank God. We get, jo- Joey gets harassed a little bit. Well, Rachel's about to find out that everybody has a job, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's how everybody's making money. So she's, uh, this will eventually do her. I'm going to go get one of those job things, just like that.
2: That's where we find out Joey's an actor. Mm-hmm. Apparently not a very good mm-hmm. actor. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Chandler kind of makes fun of him here and gives him a hard time. The scene actually ends
1: with Chandler running out, acting like Pinocchio.
2: Once I was a wooden boy.
1: <laughs> well, it's a way to get him off screen so then the girls can talk about Paul the wine oh, guy. And
2: yeah. the hanger in Monica's mouth.
1: Right. This one also is weird to me because to me it seems like that one comment got way more volume from the live audience or whatever laugh track they had for that. And it was always weird to me. I, I looked up the phrase to see if it meant anything different than what it sounds like, which is just, I can't stop smiling. And, and really that's all it is. There's no other meaning to it. It's just for whatever reason. There's, every time I listen to it, there's one person laughing really hard in that laugh track <laughs> that I can always pick out. It's just this incredibly loud laugh i can never unhear it now
0: yeah that that scene right there with monica and rachel it seems like a lot of that stuff is is really loud laughter when what they're saying is not that funny no you not, not if at if they were just trying to pipe it up early on but
2: it's possible try to get everybody else to laugh if you hear other people laughing you'll just laugh right. automatically <laughs> yeah
0: chandler i love chandler's line because you don't find out really what chandler does at this point but he's talking about data entry he says if if i don't input those numbers it doesn't really make a difference you know he's using sarcasm to kind of get through his meaningless job as he sees it and we see that a lot from Chandler down the line <music> now we flip back to not Paul the wine guy eating in the restaurant but Monica working in her restaurant we and we meet her co-worker at this point anybody catch Franny Franny Franny
1: Coworker's name Whose real name is Clea Lewis? Ooh, exotic. Are you went a yes. little deeper than what I <laughs> I feel was just like curious, some do. of these people we never got to see again to see if they had successful careers later. I'm worried about these people. They didn't get their chance in friends. I
2: just feel like her line, though, was super awkward. Hey, Franny, how was, what was it, the beach or something?
0: How was Florida?
2: How was Florida? You had sex.
0: <laughs>
2: Who says that?
0: She obviously knows Monica very well. and I Out
2: of one line. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't think Monica can keep her mouth shut, is I think what the problem is, is. She just tells everybody her business, which maybe why she's not having such good luck with men.
2: Possibly.
1: Yeah, maybe Monica asked Paul about her, his ex-wife. Maybe he didn't want to talk about
0: it. That is a very good point. If
1: she's real, <laughs> and maybe Paul was just like, oh, this is going to lead perfectly into my normal uh, routine. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and then Franny talks about how she takes credit for Paul. You know, once Monica says that she had slept with him and says that there was no snap in his turtle for two years until I met him. So Monica finds out that Paul has been feeding this line to multiple women, not just her, and is heartbroken.
1: Which pans to Joey saying, of course it was a line. When Joey finds out this is what happened, there's not a whole lot of remorse. Or empathy for Monica in this scene. So Joey's making fun of her because she fell for it. Ross is kind of—I don't know the right, if the meaning's the right word—but I, I suppose you're looking for a better answer than to get to get you into bed. Obviously, little sister, mm-hmm. he was just trying to do you. Like he—he he, there's very little empathy for Monica in this situation, which is weird to me. Which
0: these guys kind of seemed all about Paul. When they first mm-hmm. met him, you know, they were pretty psyched about her being set up with him. So, they're, they're turning on him pretty quick here. Of course mm-hmm. it was a lie to get you into bed.
1: Yes. Short of Phoebe, who does give her an odd foot rub yeah. to make her feel better.
2: I'm sure she was actually trying to get something from her feet. Her yeah. aura.
1: Definitely her aura
0: reflexology going on here. Knowing Phoebe, she's trying to probably- hit her liver through her feet or something. You yeah. Know. You know what Phoebe is. Rachel comes in with a shopping bag. <laughs> You know, after she was supposed to be getting a job, she comes in with a shopping bag that day and has obviously bought some boots and possibly some more stuff.
1: What's amazing about this is she goes, look what I got. And they're like, a job? She's like, I'm trained for nothing. I got laughed <laughs> out of 12 interviews. If I could get 12 interviews in one day, that'd be amazing. That is a lot of interviews. That is I incredible. didn't think about the timeline on those interviews. So 12 interviews in one day, I'm assuming they weren't amazing jobs. Like maybe she just walked into some some walk-in interview things but still 12 interviews is a lot
2: anybody who needs a help sign out there she probably went in just as long as she could get an interview that she could
0: you think rachel went to mcdonald's where do you think she's hitting up interviews at that's like, a great question
1: retail stores definitely maybe? think it's mcdonald's at this point <laughs> i think that maybe i don't think there's any deleted scenes of this but i would love for there have been a uh, rachel getting laughed out of interviews montage that would have been great Definitely. absolutely just to see I would love, love to see some of the places that she applied like maybe she'd start with some fashion places and then she gets more desperate then you start seeing like hardware stores and food places near <laughs> the end eventually landing at Central Perk
0: right and we'll, we'll see that later on Rachel Rachel is obviously not paid for these boots that she has and Monica kind of points that out and is like well where'd you get the money you know you don't know anybody she's like well my dad's credit card so she's obviously still still using her dad's money and that leads to everybody kind of gathering up back in Monica's apartment and they kind of have all the credit cards laid out on the table and trying to get her to cut them up, you know, start her life over.
1: So I couldn't help myself. I had to pause and see what the credit cards looked like. I know. So just to see if they were using real credit cards, I will note they they look like they're trying to use something that looks close. I saw something that said, like, Card Master and, and things like that. Interestingly, the fifth one was a looked like a... A new york library card so i'm not sure if they if they even if that even was a credit card but it was so short i'm sure they they never thought anyone would would pause to look at that
2: that and they probably weren't allowed to use the actual credit card names
1: i would imagine we definitely don't want real credit card numbers on there so they probably just printed out some fake little card stock things right and right put them on screen definitely there there's a
0: lot of kind of advertisement later on but i think early they definitely didn't have the permissions to to throw visa in there or something
1: well i was also curious if they used Mastercard card or vasa i thought Again. about that too so if that was going to be a <laughs> recurring theme which i was very disappointed it wasn't that would have been awesome
0: that would have been awesome so rachel's kind of bummed out and uh, phoebe always brings up her mother dying you know and she brings it up again at this point, and Rachel's all bummed out. I'm just like, what are you doing, Phoebe? Again, what the hell? this is
2: the first time.
0: Well, she this is the first of many, but she <laughs> always brings up her mom dying, and, and we're starting off here, episode one. She's talking about how, how bad her life was up to this point, which Phoebe annoys me, and then I love her. I go back and forth on Phoebe, but...
2: I feel like she does it in a very cheerful way. Like, she's yeah. trying to cheer Rachel up. She's telling her, hey... You know, like when you're starting out it's hard. I get that. Let me tell you a little bit what I went through. <laughs> right. It's much worse, but Phoebe doesn't get that.
0: <laughs> she leaves out the fact
1: that the pimp spit in her mouth. <laughs> Rachel's so appreciative of someone having her back until Phoebe's done talking and then she's like, This person's crazy. Yes. I don't know that I need this person in my corner. We kind of wrap up the episode
0: here, almost. I mean we everybody kind of moves on, she cuts up her credit cards.
2: Welcome to the real world.
0: Yeah, Monica welcomes her to the real world, says, you know it sucks, you're gonna love it. And we kind of move over to the couch and they're talking about Paul the wine guy and Monica seems like she's still pretty bummed out by this. they're kind of trying to cheer her up and Rachel finds his watch, which the irony
1: cannot be lost on you there. Monica stomps a watch <laughs> mm-hmm. and and leaves yeah. a mess in the living room. Right. One of those moments where they did not know that Monica was going to be a neat freak yet, I think. Yeah. Because I think later on, Monica would have not... Chose, she would have chosen a different way to, to do what that was. Maybe maybe throw have, it out the window or something like that.
2: She probably would have stomped on it and then immediately cleaned it up. Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> Quietly she just went to bed up. with broken glass in her carpet. I mean, that's not yeah. very Monica...
0: Ooh, Monica had some terrible outfits in this uh, episode, didn't yep. she? She, she does not dress well. What is she wearing when she stomps that watch? Did you guys take notice of that? It's almost like a romper or something, but it's like a baggy.
1: I like I couldn't. What
2: could,
0: it
1: was?
2: I thought it was a dress with a t-shirt on. Is it a think. dress? Yeah.
1: Ooh. I couldn't stand the uh, like weird uh, outfit she was wearing when Paul shows up, where she's wearing the suspenders. The suspenders. Yeah. The not
2: girls a kind of thing. not
1: a great look. In my head, I'm thinking, you know. You got a date showing up. Why are you not wearing your A outfit? Why are you making him wait in the living room with your friends But he doesn't know?
2: She's a little distracted by her old friend showing up that's, right beforehand. Yeah, that's true. That's probably because, what happened.
0: That's true, because she'd kind of forgotten about that, it seems like, because she was also dealing with Ross. So maybe she was trying to, you know, deal with that whole fallout and wasn't really thinking about it. That's a good point, though. So everybody kind of leaves Monica goes to bed and we're left with Ross and Rachel on the couch and they're sharing a cookie they split an Oreo together
1: Mm
2: -hmm. weirdly (laughs) he just gives her the half of the cream on it I don't understand why
1: and they both play with their halves of the cookie though notably only Ross eats his half Uh, Rachel Rachel returns hers to the plate um, which bothers me
2: she said she didn't really want it and he was like split it and she's like "Oh." still eat that half
1: or Ross eat the half someone's wasting a cookie okay it's just sitting out there it's how you get From ants
2: somebody who wastes cookies come on
1: <laughs> exactly
0: they have a, a great conversation really and you're really setting up that relationship because ross is talking about how you know he had a big crush on her in high school and she knew about it and you know, he's also also saying i thought that i thought that you just thought i was monica's geeky older brother and she's like oh yeah i did <laughs> She definitely thought that. So she didn't really ever look at him in a romantic way up to this point, but he obviously has had a crush on her for a long time.
1: I do really like the way that this scene is done because you have Ross, who's obviously super nervous. So while he does glance over at Rachel, he's he's doing all of his talking to the, his half of the cookie. But if you look at Rachel, she never breaks eye contact with Ross. She's staring him down the whole time, which kind of lets you know... How that is with Ross is incredibly timid he is, and Rachel's yeah. just like, oh yeah, you're just the geeky brother. You, you, mm-hmm. you, I'm not concerned about about you. I, I hold the power in this dynamic, so right, yeah, I really yeah, like really. the way that uh, David Schwimmer played that scene.
0: That's an excellent point.
1: He doesn't ask her out, but he asks
0: if he can ask her out, which is a beta move for time <laughs> by Ross. And, you know, baby steps, I guess, from Ross. He's trying to work his way up. His wife just left him. But we kind of close the scene here, and and he, he's kind of happy with himself. You know, as he leaves, he's going back to his apartment, and Monica goes to get something out of the fridge and, you know, ask him, you know, why he's gleaming. And, and he says, I grabbed a spoon, you know, back to Joey's ice cream metaphor. But so.
2: did he really grab a spoon?
1: He put the ice cream out of the freezer to thaw. He essentially he said, "Can I? <laughs> can I?" That's
2: a great way to say that. <laughs>
1: he he asked if he could if he could open the drawer to grab a yeah.
0: spoon later. He's he's miles away from actually yeah. getting the spoon. We kind of roll the credits here. There's only one scene after this, and you know Phoebe's kind of singing everything Monica's saying, and we find out I think the major point of this last scene is we find that Rachel has gotten a job at Central Perk. She's pouring coffee. So we uh, that's pretty much it with that we episode. We get the
2: last Chandler dream. The, yeah, the beginning.
0: We don't get to hear it, but he just says, you know, I'm in Las Vegas and I'm Liza Minnelli. We don't get to hear what was next. I wish we could have.
2: I'm kind of upset that we don't get more of his dreams. Like I feel like that was mm-hmm. a good, kind of character trait. Right. Let me tell you about this random dream that I had. That's the last that we have throughout yeah. the entire series.
0: Yeah, that's unfortunate. And it also says Vegas and Liza Minnelli, which we haven't we haven't found this out yet in season in episode one. But I feel like it's talking about his dad a little bit. You know, yeah. <laughs> we find out later that his dad is Vivalox Gagas.
2: That's what they were doing. They were alluding okay. to his mother in the first dream, and now they're alluding to his dad in the last yeah. dream.
1: don't. I'm ready to play the game. Ready yeah. to play the game? Let's play the game. Let's play bamboozle. Yes.
0: You spin the will of man to go up the ladder of chance. You go past the mud hut through the rainbow ring to get to the golden monkey. You yank his tail and boom! You're in Paradise Pond. So, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, with the research, we've shown that people couldn't follow this format. So, we decided to go with just a simple question and answer quiz. <laughs> we've got Steven and Leah. I will be asking the questions today. And we've got Steven and Leah who are going to be answering them. So, Stephen and Leah, I will ask you questions one each from today's episode once there is an incorrect answer the other contestant will have a chance to successfully answer if correct the game is over and the contestant who incorrectly answered has been bamboozled all right who would like to go first we have a coin do we want to flip a coin we'll do rock paper scissors rock paper scissors rock paper scissors shoot all right looks like leah wins
2: (laughs) rock versus scissors
0: all right so would you like to go first leah i guess okay Question one. In the scene where Joey and Chandler are putting together Ross's furniture, what color is Ross's shirt?
2: I want to say
0: red. Red is correct.
2: Okay. Oh, right. (laughs) Oh, you really scared me there.
0: All right,
1: Steven. Okay.
0: Question two. After After being laughed out of the job interview... What brand of boots does Rachel purchase? Oh, my
1: God. You gave her an easy one. This is you. This is me. No, you gave her an easy one. I got a hard one.
2: You lost to rock, paper, scissors. It sounds like it's your own fault.
1: Um, These are her... I don't need a job. I got great boots boots. Great boot boots. I don't know. You don't have the brand name? Oh. I don't know the brand name. Isn't it? All right.
2: Do I get to try that one? Leah, well, can you answer? One? Yes. <laughs> Is it Joan and Davis? Ooh. Joan? I think that,
0: unfortunately, that is incorrect. I have John and David.
2: John and Davis. Moving on. Ugh, I was close. We have
0: Leah, one point. Steven, zero. So, Steven, you are back up. When Joey is comparing women to ice cream, what three flavors does he list?
1: Rocky Road. Um, Is Cherry one? Cherry vanilla? Don't give me that look. Okay, I got two. Mint chocolate chip?
0: Ooh, unfortunately, that is incorrect. Leah, can you answer? What are the three flavors of ice cream?
2: It's Rocky Road, chocolate chip cookie dough, and Bing cherry vanilla.
0: Steven, you've just been bamboozled. Oh, (laughs) no!
1: I love this game! (laughs)
0: So, Leah, you win with two points to none. You win bamboozle. So,
1: So
2: that concludes today's episode of Friends Like Us. The next episode, we'll be discussing the one with the sonogram at the end, or Season 1, Episode 2. So, go out, watch the episode, and come back here so that we can talk about it. If you would like to keep in touch with us, please follow us on Twitter at FriendsLikeUsP1, Instagram, FriendsLUPodcast, or follow our Facebook um, page, Friends Like Us Podcast, or at Friends LU Podcast. I'm Leah, and on behalf of all of us, Stephen and Brayden as well, this has been the Friends Like Us Podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.
0: Thanks. Bye, guys.